Jones back to Brown. One on the 24. Here's Brown. Oh, oh wow. Tier Brown. Here's Tier Brown again, wide open. And again, knocks it down. This is Tier Brown, and you're listening to the Forgotten Lakers podcast. Welcome back to Forgotten Lakers. We're here tonight with Tier Brown. Tier was a member of the Lakers in the 2004-2005 season. Tier, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, bro. I just uh, finally just been playing a bit of like phone tag, but we're finally getting to it, so I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm glad we were able to get this set up. So one of the first questions I like to ask uh, when I get a chance to talk to a former Laker, a former professional basketball player, um, how did you get into basketball? Like, when did you start playing, and uh, when did you realize that you had a future in it? Ah, man, just everything was just – I was just such a – like, naturally, man, just a, a sports fanatic, man. And just to be honest, baseball was my uh, my first love. And then, uh, you know, later around, you know, maybe middle school, or a little bit before middle school, basketball just started taking over. You know, it just became uh, – I mean, it just became easier for me to, you know, coming up poor and everything. It was just easier to – prepare and play basketball you know didn't always have baseball equipment even though I was real good at it but um yeah man I just I grew up you know small town highway Louisiana and uh they had this guy named uh Clarence Caesar you know he was all American and you know once I seen him play in high school man that just that just took my basketball love just to another level when I seen him play I knew that's what I wanted to do and that was in Iowa Louisiana Iowa Louisiana yeah. it's uh you pronounce it Iowa, but it's spelled just like Iowa. You pronounce oh, it Iowa. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I was doing a little bit of research for this, and I was thinking, like, I I lived in New Orleans for a while, and I was thinking, I've never heard of Iowa, Louisiana. Um, oh, super small. Yeah, very small. Like 2,600 people. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So how did, like, you know, playing in a small town like that, going to Iowa High School, like, affect your recruitment? I know you went to McNeese State, but uh, how did you yeah. get it? going to a small school like that it was it was just it was super tough man you know coming up in you know the age where there was no internet you know was no youtube you know things where you can kind of promote yourself you know it wasn't anything like that you know we was at the time i was in high school you know we we having games on on vhs cassettes you know we had to mail those out we had to mail those out and you know write to school you know trying to uh that was like the only way you could kind of promote yourself just Mail VHS cassettes out to you know different schools, you know, trying to get them, trying to get them news clippings, you know, trying to get yourself seen as much as possible. But it was, uh, it was so tough, you know, not coming up in a big city, you know, where, you know, everything is is covered by the media, you know, you're getting a lot of exposure. It was just real tough coming up in a small town, man. But it's uh, thank God that it worked out. So, uh, who were you sending these tapes to, like big D1 schools, or did you write uh, schools closer to your hometown, or who were you sending these to? Well, the smaller schools knew about me. It was um, like the smaller schools in Louisiana, they, they pretty much knew about me. You know, I was kind of ripping it up around here. But, um, you know, I was just get, really getting looked over, you know, from the big schools. I never played AAU. You know, that hurt me. You know, if I could have played AAU, I know, I know without a doubt I would have been at a big school. You know, I was kind of you know, just breaking my neck, you know, just trying to get to a big school, big school, big school. And then I started, you know, hearing stories about, you know, guys like, you know, Devin George went to a small school, Derek Fisher, uh, mm-hmm. and another uh, another famous guy that went to my school, Joe Dumars. You know, yeah, I heard Joe his Dumars. story. Yeah, you know, Carl Malone, he went to a small school, La Tech. You know, it was small at the time. And, uh, you know, those guys just made it work. 
You know, Kenny Smith always, you know, he told me something in the gym that I'll never forget. He said, it doesn't matter where you at. He said, it, cream will always rise to the top. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me like, <laughs> when he oh, told me that in the gym, I, I, I remember that, yeah, because we was all, that's when Houston was like a hotbed for like pro pickup games, man. It was, it was crazy. And he told me that, he said, cream will always, always rise to the top. If you got the game, they'll find you. So I just took that, man, and that, that stuck with me. And I just kept working and kept working. And eventually, man, just like my dreams came true pretty much. You're at McNeese State through 2001, go undrafted in the 2001 draft. What was the process that led you to your first stop, um, you know, after going undrafted to let, uh, landing you with the Rockets? Well, Houston uh, is pretty close to Lake Charles. About a two-hour drive, and I have – you know, I have a lot of family, you know, in Texas and Texas and Houston as well. So I uh I ended up staying with my cousin. Like any chance I got, I was going to Houston just to <laughs> play ball because there wasn't a whole lot of ball in Lake Charles, Louisiana. So I'd go to Houston, just play ball all over the place, man. And then um, you know, eventually I got into the run, you know, where the pros would give me a shot, you know, every once in a while. And when I got on with those guys, you know, I uh you know, I shine, you know, they you know, you know, people watching, you never know who's watching, you never know who's talking. So uh, we ended up playing uh, a lot of pickup games in the uh, old Rockets practice facility called uh, Westside Tennis Club. And, you know, coaches, you know, coaches would be, you know, always in there poking their head and looking, watching. And, uh, you know, so those guys picked me up, let, let me play with them, you know, for a couple of years. And, you know, out of the blue, it was just, uh, you know, Rudy T just asked me, you know, what I had going on, you know, and this was after, this was after pickup ball, you know, he asked me what I had going on, what what I had planned. And I was like, you know, absolutely nothing. I said, maybe the, uh, I might try my luck with the D league, you know, which was like fresh, which was like new at the time. That was the first year it was going on. Mm -hmm. So he was like, yeah, he said, there might be some interest, uh, you know, from us for you to come into camp. He's like, he'd be cool. They say probably not going to make the team, but it'll be good, you know, good experience, good exposure for you. So I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm cool with that. Like, I have nothing, like, nothing in stone. So, uh, so once he asked me that, I was like, I was all on board, you know. And, uh, you know, he signed, before I signed the contract, you know, they took me in, they took me in the uh, office, you know, with the rest of the coaches, you know, director, player, personnel. And it was like, we just want you to know before you sign, there's going to be a 99.99% chance that you aren't going to make the team. That's the exact words verbatim. Wow. 99.9%. I'm like, fine. I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't tripping at all, you know. Then, uh, you know, man, just long story short, just the rest is history, man. They gave me a chance at uh, training camp. You know, I played hard in practice, played well. You know, game after game, I wasn't playing, but they always told me to stay ready. So, uh, I guess around the – they were on the fifth game, fifth or sixth game of the uh, preseason. Mm-hmm. They played me, uh, played me some good minutes, man. I put up, I put up good numbers in a short amount of time. And shit, next practice, man, they told me, they told me I made the team, and it was just unbelievable. Just off of one, one good preseason game, you know, they gave me a shot, which was basically the only one I had played at the time. But man, it was, it's a feeling that I just, I can't explain. You know, being told that you weren't gonna make the team from, you know having a, a 0.01 chance, you know, to make the team, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. I just, I try to tell people, it's just, I can't explain the feeling though, because you don't believe it's going to happen, but when it happens, it's, it's indescribable. I can't, I, I mean, I'm still at awe that it happened like that. Then your next stop, the North Charleston Logators. So this is actually one of the main questions I wanted to ask you about. 
I did an mm-hmm. episode with Peter Cornell a couple weeks ago. Um, he yeah, was, yeah, and uh, you know he did a Lakers training camp, so he was never actually on the Lakers regular season roster, but he did a training camp right, so right. at his Lakers stop. And um, then I messaged him today. I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to talk to Tier Brown tonight. Is there anything like funny I could ask him or any good stories? And he said, to <laughs> what does don't hurt him, baby junior mean? <laughs> My guy, Pete, man. Pete's super cool. He, Pete had a lot of potential too, man. He could have, I think if he, like, if he wanted it, I think Pete could have made it just uh, super athletic, like in crazy shape. Just, uh, I mean, just that from a skill, just he just needed a little polishing from his, uh, from a skill standpoint. You know, mm-hmm. where he can kind of be a go-to guy, but man, Pete, shit, Pete had a, a boatload of potential. Trust me, super cool dude too. Yeah, yeah. don't hurt him, baby. Don't hurt him, baby. Just <laughs> that is some throw. That's throwback. That is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He said you said it every day, and to this day, he still has no idea what it means. <laughs> oh man, that was that was <laughs> that was Pete saying. Pete used to say that to me like every day. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know either. It was baby Joe. I don't even know where it came from. I don't know how it started, but me and Pete used to say that like every day. Me and Pete only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I will move on. But uh, then the other thing, he said he thinks you might have invented this. You know, driving to the basket. And yelling like "Hey!" like really loud, hoping to draw a foul, and more times. Than oh, nah. <laughs> yeah, nah, that was uh, I actually got that from Steve Francis, man. Oh, I really? got that, that was oh my god! Every time I held him, man, every time he drive to the basket, he yell, he yell, "Hey!" <laughs> just hey, even if it wasn't a foul, just like off habit, hey, and like yeah. that, most of the time, the, co- the coaches were giving him the call. I see it in the game, like he. If he didn't get the call from the ref, like he'd get the next one. So I like, oh, I gotta add that. I have to add it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I mean, I've grown up huge Lakers fans, so I always can re- like vividly remember Kobe doing it. But then um, I I don't remember if he was doing it before you played. So I don't know if you. T- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I can remember him doing that like all the time. Oh yeah, he uh yeah he late. I think later he started doing that. Started saying, you know, hey, uh, I was saying something to get the rest, or kind of flaring his arms out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say he got that from me, but you know, he played so much. You know, so much more than me. But uh-huh. that's a lot of guys. It's a lot of guys that that says that though. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Hey, I can't take credit for that. It's a whole lot. Yeah, he said everyone on the low gator started doing it after you, and then the rest of the <laughs> to follow. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. That's that's a good way to get the ref attention. Just scream, scream when you get a little contact. They'll <laughs> they'll notice. And before going into your Lakers stop, I want to ask you a quick question about your stint in Cleveland. So that was the year before LeBron got uh, got drafted, and you were there towards the end of the year. Did you get a sense right. that you were tanking for LeBron? No, I didn't because we sh- we played everyone. We played oh, everyone yeah. we had. We didn't. Yeah, we wasn't sitting guys and. uh People don't understand. We was we were the youngest team in the league at that time. Mm-hmm. We were the absolute yeah. We were the absolute youngest team. Everybody played. I mean, everybody played. They didn't sit like at the time. Uh, you know, we had guys like Ricky Dixon. I mean, uh, Ricky Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was he was the man at the time. Yeah, Davis was he was the yeah he was the man putting up crazy numbers. They had uh, Darius Miles. 
Dewan Wagner was there, but Dewan was hurt. You know, you know his history with injuries and everything. But uh, yeah, we played everyone, man. Carlos Boozer was coming into his own. I think he was. Uh, he might have been a rookie that year. Yeah, they had uh, Smush Parker there. Um, Jermaine Jones, he was there again. It was just to realize, man, super young, super young team. So definitely didn't think. You know, and it's it's not like you know, it's not like the NBA is the NFL where the absolute worst team is gonna guarantee to get the first pick, you know. Still yeah. lottery. You still gotta get the lottery. So it's, you gotta have a little bit of luck too. Mm-hmm. I wanna say so Clint. Yeah, so if you gotta be lucky in the NBA, you can't really I mean, you can try to tank, it increases your odds, but it doesn't guarantee you the first pick. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was just curious because, I mean I remember hearing that all the time that Oh, you know, they're nah, probably, probably tanking for LeBron. I was just, yeah, I just wanted to ask. Nah, not a chance, man. We played everyone. Like, nobody, nobody sat. They didn't sit, the, like, the best players out. We tried to win as many games as we could. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good I can, definitely, I can definitely vouch for that one. Nice. So then when you got onto the Lakers, did your previous, you know, stop with Rudy T uh, help you get on to the Lakers? Like, did he, had to, was, that, was he involved in signing you that offseason? Uh, yeah, somewhat because I was um because after Cleveland, yeah, after Cleveland, I went to um I had a short stint in New Orleans and uh I was also in the D League. Got called up to New Orleans and the following season, I ended up uh going to training camp, agreeing to go to training camp with the New Jersey Nets at the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh yeah, and then you know we was there, you know just working out before training camp started. They got guys in early, so we kind of work out, you know, play pickup. You know, then, uh, you know, the Rudy ended up, you know, having an opening spot. So they called, ended up calling my agent and speaking with me, you know, and telling me the situation that, uh, that was, that was in uh, New Jersey at the time. It was, man, it was going to be so hard for me to make the team in Jersey because they had, at the time they had Travis Best filling that opening slot, even though he was given a partial, like only a partial guarantee, but, you know, they give you a partial guarantee, pretty much they're gonna keep you, especially if you're a vet. You know, and I didn't I didn't have a, a guarantee at all. So, you know, they talked to me, I talked to uh Lakers told me, but that was the case, you know, my agent didn't, which was kinda of messed up. But uh Lakers told me that was the case and I, at the time I spoke with Lawrence Franks and he he kept it one hundred with me. He told me that uh that was absolutely the case and if uh you know if the Lakers could present a better opportunity for me to make the team that I should take it. And that's what I did. So I ended up leaving New Jersey and uh, the Nets and ended up signing just a training camp deal with the Lakers, you know, just, you know, Rudy didn't, you know, he didn't guarantee me anything. I didn't, I didn't have a guaranteed contract. I still had to come in, you know, perform well and make the team. So it was, the odds were stacked up against me pretty nice. So I ended up making it, you know, work in my favor. He gave me the minutes, you know, and I took care of the rest. Yeah, I think you're, well, besides... Dev and George, like I mentioned, um, you're the first guy from the 05 Lakers I've talked to. And it's just such a unique year in Lakers history, you know, is the first year post Shaq. Um, yep. Phil Jackson yep. in a hiatus. So you have Rudy T. He steps down. Frank Hamlin takes over. And I remember mm-hmm. you guys were playing basically like 500 ball through February through March. And um, remember you won a couple games like, Y'all won a big game in Dallas. That you hit some big shots late, and I remember watching that game because I'm from Dallas, so I remember watching that oh, okay. Lakers Mavericks right. game. And then uh, next game, I remember Kobe hit a game winner in Charlotte, and y'all were on a big road trip. And 
you pretty much needed to do well. So you win the first two, everything's looking good. And then it seemed like everything just fell apart on that road trip. And there was just kind of a nosedive towards the end of the season. Um, yeah, well, it was actually, um, no, go ahead. Oh yeah. Then I was just going to ask, like, I mean, what do you think happened? Cause I mean, like I said, you guys were playing basically 500 ball the whole year. Kobe had been out for a little bit with like a sprained ankle and Lamar was out. I uh-huh. think, well. Um, but yeah, what happened, you know, March in March of that year where the season just kind of unraveled? Yeah, it was, it's crazy. It's a couple of things. I mean, you know, the Lakers at that point, they were used to, you know, having a lot of success, you know, not, not having no adversity, you know, not much adversity until maybe like the, the finals or conference finals, you know, and then, you know, just the first year without Shaq, you basically got a new team, new nucleus, you know, and uh, just a bunch of new, a, a, a group of guys that never really played together. But I think that, um, I want to say that the beginning of the season, like with, with Rudy, we were in that, like we were in like the seventh to eighth spot. We were definitely in the playoffs. So I don't know if we were 500 or a little bit above it, but I know after Rudy stepped down, you know, which for the Lakers, the eighth spot, that's not good enough. <laughs> they aiming high. Yeah, they aiming high. So I don't know. But, uh, you know, Rudy stepped down supposedly for health reasons. I don't know how true that was. I mean, I still think they kind of forced his hand. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, and, and they tried to implement the triangle offense in the middle of the season, you know, which is a which is a tough deal coming from, you know, like pick and roll and motion and, you know, kind of doing like iso ball, which is a little different. So after we tried to implement that, man, it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of changed things. And uh, we fell out of that eighth spot. You know, then Kobe ended up getting injured, which was, of course, a big blow. You know, we yeah. weren't really used to playing without him having a guy to lean on for the for the heavy scoring load, you know, defense, leadership, and like that. So that uh, that was a big blow, man. But, I mean, I think we had a good group of guys. I think they kind of pulled the trigger on them, you know, too early. You know, broke, up that, broke that team up. And I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking about, you know, for the guys that – the good guys that they had. I think they could have did some – they could have made some noise if they uh, – Set a cup together just a little longer. I'm not saying guaranteed a, a championship, but I think they could have made definitely made a run, a run deep into the playoffs with that, with that nucleus. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Felt like they kind of gave up on Karan Butler. That that was his only year in LA. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Karan, uh, Chucky. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chucky too. I think Jermaine. Yeah, and yeah. All right. I want to say the only guys they really uh, ended up keeping, uh, ooh, maybe uh, Mim, I think Luke, you know, Luke yeah. Walden, uh, Sasha. Well, Sasha was a rookie, so he was under a uh, rookie deal, so he was definitely going to come back, Sasha Vujicic. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of guys that came back. And then, you know, I remember when that was the time, you know, uh, you know, Smush and Emmett came in, Kwame Brown, and, mm-hmm. you know, I remember Kobe asking. <laughs> I know he got a little frustrated because he had asked, you know, publicly to be traded. And then, you know, before you know it, you know, they get that, they get the trade, you know, for Gasol. And that, man, that just, that changed everything for them. They ended up winning, winning two rings because of that. So it was a, definitely worked out, definitely worked out for LA and Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was your last NBA stop. Yeah. I know you had a lengthy overseas career in back in the D league a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at your Wikipedia page, the last team it has for you is from two fa- 2015 in uh, Venezuela. Is so it, are, you, yeah. are you still playing now or have you retired? Uh, not officially retired, man. Still trying, you know, trying to get some bites. Uh, but it ain't going to be much longer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from here, it might be, uh, you know, maybe something like the big three. You know, I, oh, uh, cool. 
yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out. But yeah, I'm definitely, I'm just still trying. But you know, after this, it's probably probably a wrap, man, because I'm not getting not getting a lot of bites. So yeah, just uh working hard every day, still doing the uh you know training, you know <laughs> training like somebody's you know like somebody's gonna call me up, just trying to stay ready because you never know. But uh, I got agents working on things, so if they can do something that's cool. If not, then it's time to transition. So that's that's the life. Well, um, yeah, I was just curious because I just saw that that had been your last stop. So I want to see if you were still playing. Yeah, I did a couple. Uh, I did a few uh, like pro exhibition tours and like pro tournaments in uh, China. And uh, actually I actually was supposed to play in China this uh, in their second division, the uh, NBL, this upcoming summer. Well, I mean, this last summer that just passed, 2017. Mm-hmm. But the um the, the the supposedly new team that they, they were adding to the league didn't get approved by the government. So when they didn't get approved, that that killed that killed my hopes and like two other Americans. They killed their hopes too, like American coach and another player. So kind of kind of disappointing, but you know that's life. So I got one last question for you that I think a lot mm-hmm. of Lakers fans might enjoy. You know, maybe the ten or twelve who actually will listen to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, online right now. I'm looking at the 2004-2005 complete roster. Everyone who played in at least one regular season game for the Lakers that year. There's 16 names, including you. How many of those can you name? On our roster? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, let me see. Besides myself, of course, uh, Kobe, uh, Lamar, Chucky. We got uh, Jermaine, we got Chris Mim, uh, Brian Cook, Tony Bobbitt. I don't know if I said Devin George, Sasha Vujicic, Luke Walton. Who else, who else, who else, who else, who else? Uh, ain't that many more. I know I'm not forgetting that many. <laughs> my, my old head, my old head, Brian Grant. I ain't yeah, about yeah him. Brian Grant, yeah. I'm You're at, you've got 12, so you're missing four. Oh, uh, Slava. Yeah. Slava Medvedenko, uh, Kareem Rush. What's that, 14? Yeah, you got two more. Oh, man, that's tough. Damn. You got me, man. <laughs> I think that's, that's about all. Let me see. I thought that was all they had. Well, I named, I named Karan, right? Oh, wait, no, no. That, yeah, so no, Karan is the one of them, and then one more. He was – I remember he played for a little bit and got hurt, and I don't think he played again, if that's a hint for you. He play, You said he played a little bit, got hurt? Yeah, I think he – let me – I would tell you exactly how many games he played. I remember him getting hurt and not coming back. Um, he only played in 15 games that, that year. That sounds like Devin Jones. I don't yeah. – <laughs> he, got, he got hurt too. Yeah, yeah, Devin George didn't play that much, but this is uh, another guy. Mm-hmm. You said he played in how many games? 15, 1-5. I'm probably going to slap myself after you Yeah, you definitely tell will. Me. You ready for me to tell you? All right, give me one more. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Give me one more crack at it, man. I ain't going to try to take all your time. I'm trying to uh... – No, it's all good. It's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, man. Damn it. And I said Slava. Yeah, you said Slava. Okay. Uh, damn, man, I got to throw in the towel. 
Vladdy Divac. Vladdy damn Divac. You are, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Come on, man. How could I? <laughs> oh, here, Vladdy. Man, how could I forget about Vladdy Divac? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, he didn't play a lot. I was surprised you remembered Tony Bobbitt. I thought that'd be the one you forgot. No, nah, well, me and Tony kind of cool. That's why I remember him. Like, oh, me and Tony okay. Kinda, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Tony were cool, man. Then he came down. He came down and stayed with me in Houston for a little while, worked out. So, yeah, me and Tony was cool. Well, thank you so much, Sierra. It was uh, really interesting to get to hear about your Lakers stop and your uh, history with basketball. And um, I really appreciate you coming on the Forgotten Lakers podcast. I appreciate it, man. All my, my pleasure, man. Appreciate you having me.